Hello and welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 20. I can't believe it, man. 20 of these? This is almost half a year we've been doing this. It feels like 50. Mm -hmm. I gotta be honest. But 20, congratulations to us. I guess. Right? I guess so. Let's, Let's do another 20 after this. We'll see. Yeah, we'll have watched everything by then. Yeah. Oh my God, we watch everything. That's the thing. At 20, I feel like I've watched everything at this point. Yeah. Well, I got news for you. There's more stuff coming. I know. Thank goodness. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to run out of stuff, but I mean, I just feel like, wow, I've watched a lot of TV in 20 episodes. Yeah. But also a lot of docs, which make you smarter, you know, comedy specials, which bring you joy. So we're not just entirely wasting our time here. Tell that to my eyeballs. <laughs> it's the eyes that are that feel like yeah. it, not the brain. The eyes are like, we watch too much TV. You got to get the blue blocker coating on there. It eases a digital eye strain. I have those. I have those glasses to put you know, on when you're looking at a screen. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, don't, it doesn't change anything for me. Oh, all right. All right. Let's get into it. Sure. What do you got? Well, last week we said we were going to review this, and we are. So it's GLOW. Yep. Season three. Now, what does GLOW stand for? Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Now, this show was based on the 1980s syndicated wrestling show. Yeah. Loosely at this point. The show has nothing to do with the, with the reality of what happened in the 80s. Maybe a little bit of the first season did, but this is its own thing now. It stars Allison Brie, Betty Gilpin, and Mark Marin, and like fifteen other people. Yeah, a whole bunch of other people. There's no, there's no peripheral characters anymore in this show. No, there's twenty lead characters. Yeah, and they all get their day in the sun. The show yeah. does a good job of of sharing the wealth on here, I would say. And this season, season three, uh, they've added in a supporting performance by Gina Davis, mm-hmm. who I think was pretty good. Yeah, she's fine. There's there's so much going on in this show. It's there like, is so much going where on. Where do we even start? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you my number one comment about this show. All right, then I'll tell you mine when you're done. Okay. If you were to tell me there's a show about uh, good-looking gals in little outfits wrestling, and that was not going to be the best part of the show, I would have thought you were crazy. GL stands for Gorgeous Ladies. Plenty of gorgeous ladies in this show. It sort of goes unnoticed because the show is so compelling and interesting and funny and dramatic that the uh, skin sort of takes a back seat, which is an interesting observation by me, I think. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good work. All right. <laughs> I will say this. This show is nothing like it was in season one. Mm-hmm. It's completely evolved. And I think in a good way. It's become a, a lot more of a drama. Originally, season one was, especially the beginning of season one, Flat out hilarious. I mean, I was laughing out loud through a lot of the first season. I thought it was great. Now it's it's a drama. I'm not laughing as much. Now, that's not a knock on it. It's changed, and I, I like the drama, but it's definitely not the comedy it used to be. Okay, I'll, good point. You know? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. 
Uh, it's way more about the relationships now than it is about the, the idea of like, we're going to put on a show with female wrestlers and the hilarity that ensues. Now it's like, okay, we've established our characters. Now we're going to do something with them and how they interact and relate with each other. And I think it's for the betterment of the show. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because we talked about Orange is the New Black last week. Uh, one of the three creators of this show is also Genji Cohen. Yep. So the fact that it starts out kind of funny and then turns into this, I call it a character comedy, which is a term that I'm trying to coin and copyright. Like The Sopranos, there's funny stuff, but it's only funny if, you under, if, if you've been watching the whole time and if you know the little nuances. It's definitely much more of a drama now, but I guess that's how she rolls, so... No, it, it works for it. And I mean, obviously, they're setting it up for a fourth season. It's totally coming back. Interesting thing about that. So the first season, they renewed for a second on August 10th. The second season, they renewed for a third season on August 20th. And now it's, what day is today? The 17th or 18th? So Somewhere around there. My guess is by the time this uh, podcast airs, it'll be official that they're coming back for four. They've got to. Oh, Absolutely. The way season three ends, you know, they're, they're, they know, they're confident enough to think they're coming back for a fourth. I would hate to see it end here. And I would definitely yeah. come back and watch a fourth season of this. Now, yeah. I don't love everything. I'm not like, some storylines, I'm like, all right. But Mark Marin, Allison Brie, and especially, I really do love Betty Gilpin on this show. Yeah. I think what they've done with her character is the most interesting to me. Now, the relationship between Mark Marin and Allison Brie, that's evolved in this season, and I think it's evolved in a good way. But Betty Gilpin, to me, is the star of this show. I know I know it's supposed to be Allison Brie, but I think like Betty Gilpin is the best part of the show. I see where you're coming from. Uh, first of all, there's not a single two-dimensional character in this show, which is hard with a cast of, like we said, 20 leading people, basically. My favorite character is Bash Howard played by Chris Lowell, not the HGTV guy that used to do the decorations that show that you used to watch, Christopher Lowell. Don't know him, no? man. Okay. Uh-uh. Anyway, different Chris Lowell. He's my favorite character. He, I laugh out loud at him and how goofy he is when he's doing the announcing and stuff. He's, but he's really evolved. He was like a almost a nothing. He's a side character in the first season. Yeah. And his character's really grown now. He's my favorite part. Um, yeah, Betty Gilpin could be the best... Uh, they got to be nominated for something for this stuff, right? She was nominated this year yeah. for an Emmy. Yeah. That's for the second season. But I think she's doing even stronger work in the third season. I think she's Agreed. great. And that's not to come off hard on Allison Brie or Mark Marin. They're great on this. Those three, for me, are the reason to watch the show. Now, you love, you love Bash as well. I'm saying there's enough good characters in this show. If you don't like some of the other storylines... It'll bring it back to the things that you are interested in. So that's why I think it's a binge. Oh, it's a thousand percent binge. I mean, again, it started out gorgeous ladies of wrestling. It was chicks wrestling in bikinis. So, I mean, you had me at gorgeous. I liked it because it was funny. I wasn't like, oh my God, hot chicks. I was like, this is a funny show. But now it's evolved, like I said, to a point where you're invested in these characters. And, you know, I'm going to say it was, it can be moving. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I was like, this is a moving show now. And it didn't used to be. It used to be just shits and giggles for me. And I'm like, wow. I didn't realize an episode will end. And I'm like, wow, that really, you know, it's powerful. affected me. I'll say this. I think it's the best written show on television right now. 
Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. What, what do you think tops it? I don't know what tops it. I just, I look it. I don't think it's the best written show. What tops it? I don't know. But it's still a fantastic show. And I went into season three thinking like, eh, I don't know. Am I still into this? It was kind of like, oh, we'll do Glow. Cause, and then I wasn't excited about it. But after finishing it, I was like, yeah, this show definitely has me. It's yeah. it's a binge for sure. For sure. And one, and one last thing, Mark Maron. Have you ever met Mark Maron? I followed Mark Maron one night at the comedy oh, store. Yeah. And it was like, oh boy. And he crushed. And I was like, oh man, I got to follow Mark Maron now. And I had a great set. That's my that's my one interaction with wow. Mark Maron. Of course, he didn't speak to me or any way. But, you know, he did his set. Because <laughs> he doesn't, you know, I'm like, I'm not, you know, asking to communicate with Mark Maron in any way. But I was like, oh man, how am I going to follow this guy? And I did. So that was a little a point of pride wow. for me. I was able to follow an A-list comedian and have a great set. That's all I have for Mark Marin. Okay. Well, I've met him a handful of times and uh, super nice guy. And also, I think that he's one of the best interviewers around. I think he's got a Howard Stern level ability to interview people. I think that's why Obama went on his podcast. Uh, his interview with Louis C.K. from a few years ago is is really good. So I like him a the lot. The Robin Williams one is great. Yeah, and he he just kills in this show. And I don't think he's doing a whole lot of acting. I think he's playing, well, I know, he's playing him his old self. He's sort of playing a version of himself from 20 years ago. But he's great. I and mean, he got nominated for a SAG Award for the second season. It was for the first season. Yeah, he um, deserved it. I mean, look what I'm saying. I think we're putting enough praise on this show. It's worth yeah. your time. It's, you know, got a little hit or miss episodes here and there. It's not perfect. Some storylines may or may not work for you. But overall, it's a well-made, very entertaining, emotionally powerful show. Agreed. Binge. Binge. Yeah. Yay! Yay. All right. The next thing I've got is Out of Nowhere. It's a documentary on Netflix. I think it's also available on Amazon, but it's free on Netflix. It's called Screwball. You ever heard of it? Nope. Nope. It's, it's about biogenesis the anti-aging clinic in Florida where Ryan Braun and Melky Cabrera and A-Rod were getting their steroids and their HGH. Okay. Here's the thing. It's made by Billy Corbin, who also did Cocaine Cowboys, and he did some 30 for 30 stuff. It's very well done. The thing that surprised me immediately was that there are reenactments done by eight-year-olds dressed as, like, with wigs and mustaches and stuff. I thought, oh, that's kind of strange, but it ends up just being hilarious. There's an eight-year-old Pitbull, like the uh, club singer, you know? Oh, Pitbull Pitbull. Yeah. The eight-year-old kid that plays A-Rod has, like, the perfect hairline and the whole... Like, it's really kind of adds a whole other thing to it. It revolves around two people. This doctor, I'm using air quotes, Dr. Tony Bosch, who ran Biogenesis, he got his... PhD in Belize. So he's not a licensed doctor. He opened an anti-aging clinic uh, attached to a tanning salon. <laughs> this all takes place in Coral Gables, by the way, in case you didn't already figure yeah, that out. Yeah, it had to be a Florida right. thing, of course. <laughs> There's this guy named Porter Fisher who kind of does him and uh, Tony Bosch do most of the narrating or the talking head stuff. Porter Fisher was... Uh, central to the show because he spent so much time at the tanning salon that people thought he worked there. 
Now, Tony Bosch borrowed $4,000 from Porter Fisher and didn't pay him back. And that's how this whole thing blew up. And several MLB guys got suspended for about a year over a $4,000 loan. But what? But they're selling GHB, right? Is that what, no. HG? What is it? HGH. HGH. Sorry, not GH. <laughs> that's that's the stuff that you take to the uh, nightclub with you. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's really a documentary about Florida, but it also like gives you all the backstory on A Rod's guys. Is it an indictment of this whole industry going on, or is it just specific to these guys? And their story, or is it about the whole the whole of you know performance enhancing drugs in general? Uh, it really focuses on about half a dozen of these guys. Manny Ramirez is one of the other guys, and it it's just incredible to think that these guys thought they were so invincible, they could do whatever they want. Maybe they didn't know any better. I don't know. I mean, this was back before. And how are they taking these? How do they ingest them? I think they uh, inject them. They inject them. This is where they're shooting them into their butt. I guess so. Yeah. That it's a weird you, thing to but, focus on. But here, no, but, but, but I'm saying like, wouldn't that be like, ah, uh, maybe this is not a cool thing to do, or the I mean, you're saying, oh, the, I didn't think it was a big oh. deal. And I'm saying, if you're sticking needles yeah. up your ass, yeah. I would think like, hmm, I wonder if this is suspicious. Yeah. Right. These players that say, oh, I didn't know. Come on, don't take anything, and you're fine. You know, don't play naive, baseball players. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I guess it's better than snorting it, but it's still a little suspicious. I'm just saying you're taking anything, <laughs> anything, right? Yeah, no, okay. You got to go, hmm, I wonder if this was going to show up in a drug test or not. They all got busted. There were supposedly 5 to 7% of uh, Major League Baseball players were uh, g- getting dirty drug tests and stuff during that era, especially, you know, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa mm-hmm. that had the, I think Mark McGuire hit 70 home runs or something that season, which is just insane yeah so and anyway. at the time though no one thought of it though like this is incredible mark mcguire sammy yeah. sosa the home run competition is great and then you know a couple of years later it's just like obviously they were all just totally juiced up yeah well this documentary covers all that but it really focuses on the anti-aging clinic which uh is a loose enough term that they didn't have to have an actual doctor working there but he could still write prescriptions because his father was a doctor and signed off on some of this stuff. The biogenesis sliver of this big story is really interesting. And the fact that they reenacted with eight-year-old kids dressed as A-Rod and Pitbull and some of these other guys. And this whole thing blew up over a $4,000 loan to a guy that spent all of his time in a tanning salon. It's just so perfectly... Florida. Yeah. This should be the state documentary of Florida. <laughs> It's a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Oh. It's good. It's called Screwball. It's long. It's an hour and 45 minutes, but it's great. That is kind of long for a doc. Yeah, but it's a binge. All right. So there you go. Cool. All right. What else you got? I have a show that just completed its third season, much like Glow. So two shows that are just finishing their third season. Not that it means anything. It's just something I noticed right now. Happy coincidence. Yes. The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Now, I'm sure you've heard of this show, right? Everyone's heard of The Handmaid's Tale. Whether they watch it or not, The Handmaid's Tale has permeated our culture. If I ask you, who's Aunt Lydia? Now, that I don't know. I just know that Elizabeth Moss is in it. Okay, but but you've seen the red robes and the white bonnets. Yeah. You, you You know the iconography of the show. Yes. First season out, it won the Emmy for Best Drama. 
Mm-hmm. Hulu's first uh, Emmy, I believe. First time a streaming service had won the Emmy for Best Drama was for The Handmaid's Tale. And it does star, like you said, Elizabeth Moss. From Mad Men. From Mad Men. She also is an executive producer on it. Joseph Fiennes. Ivan Strahovski. I think that's right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard name. I'm sure you didn't. I know. It's pronounced Strahovski. And Anne Dowd. And she plays Aunt Lydia. This show has had its ups and downs for me, for sure. This third season was hit or miss. It's left the book. It was based on a book by Margaret Atwood. I think it's way beyond. I didn't read the book, so I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's left the book behind. I'm sure it's going to come back for a fourth season. I hope the fourth season is it. Now, I'm not coming down on the show. I still love this show, but I feel like it's got one solid season left in it. And this, that should be it. I don't want it to, to just wear out its welcome because it's in danger of doing that. Now, should you watch this show? Absolutely. This is a binge. It's a serious investment, both with your time and emotionally. <laughs> this show is a drain, man. The first season, wow. I mean, there's a reason why it won Best Drama. You- if you only watch the first season... You're good. I mean, but if you're into it, keep going. Do season two, season three, if, you, if you're if you into it. But the first season is a masterpiece of dread. Now, are you going to say what this show's about? Yes, I am. Okay, go ahead. It is about a totalitarian fascist theocracy called Gilead. It's in the future that is taking control of what was formerly the United States of America. Women are oppressed in this society. There's a whole problem with women having children. So for some reason, some disease came about, some plague, and the birth rate just plummeted. So now fertile women are basically forced as concubines for this uh, elite establishment to have their kids. Okay. Elizabeth Moss plays June. She's the lead. She's a handmaid. I'm sorry. The handmaids are the women that are going to have the babies for these, these elite people. And they're treated as slaves. I mean, the oppression of women on this show will blow your mind. But if you stick with it, it has little moments of hope. But it's mostly a major downer where you just want to just scream at your screen. Oh, God, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. The performances are fantastic, especially Ivan Strahovski. I'm going I'm to slowly pronounce this name. Strahovski. Yeah. You got it right. She plays Serena Joy. She is a mega bitch. She's in. She's part of the elite. She, I'm, she is. Okay. Her, her, and Aunt Lydia are like you. Just want to just strangle them. But then they have moments where you'd be like, Oh my god, am I sympathizing with these characters? Am I really seeing her point of view? And then you, you get to a point where you're like, Okay, maybe they're not so bad. And then wham! Oh no, that's right. These are horrible, despicable, evil people. I think this show is is a binge. Even season three, where I'm like, I don't know where they're going with this. It redeems itself at the end. Enough where I'm like, okay, I'm looking forward to a season four, but then I think they should wrap it up. So binge, binge, binge. The Handmaid's Tale, especially season one. Everyone should watch season one. And then if not into it, stop. But... You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't watch the first season. So that's a binge for The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Okay. 
Well, I can tell you, I for one have zero interest in this show. You're losing out, man. Well, maybe. Listeners, don't listen to Joe. <laughs> listen to me. It's worth it. It's just, it seems like so much, it's, what are they, an hour long? Yeah. And there's 10 or 12 of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a commitment. I'm not, did you hear me earlier? I heard you. It's a commitment of time and your emotions. But if you like really involving drama that says something about where we live in this country, the times that we are in, the zeitgeist, you've got to watch it. Now explain to the folks at home what a zeitgeist is. If you haven't been listening, (laughs) if you don't know what zeitgeist is at this point, forget it, okay? You know it's my favorite. Oh, zeitgeist, right? Yeah. By the way, the boys, zeitgeisty. That's a zeitgeist. The boys is zeitgeisty. The Handmaid's Tale is zeitgeisty. Zeitgeisty itself is not a word. Zeitgeist is whatever. This is some hot vocabulary talk, but we're coming to about that time uh, where we should wrap it up. Now, can I mention one thing that has nothing to do with anything, but I've got to tell you, it's brought me a lot of joy in the last two weeks, you know, because we watch, I feel like when I watch uh, some of this stuff, I go into it thinking of it as, as work in a little, in, in a Oh, way. I think of this as work. In some ways. It, Even yeah. these shows that I love, Yeah, this is work. Yeah, a, a little bit. Now, there's something that I watch that we that we don't review, although we've talked about we it. Call, we talked about it last week. Yeah, but I, I just, I love it. I love watching Hard Knocks with the Oakland Raiders. It's great. I watched this week's oh episode, and it was hilarious. It's like a train wreck if the train was made out of clown cars. <laughs> <laughs> these, I mean, these buffoons. Now, Now, look, let me get something straight. I guarantee you if you ran into John Gruden or Derek Carr at the Cheesecake Factory, they're probably super nice guys. And we don't mean to like make fun of them as people, but those guys, they're, they're never going to win a football game. There's no way. No way. No way. And, but they're playing to Muppets. the camera. They're playing to the camera in this. Oh, my God. I don't know what they're doing. It's Al like, Davis's son, <laughs> the owner, you know who he looks like, right? And this is an inside joke completely between you and me and the rest of the comedy world. Okay. He looks like TK. Oh, without his, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. I, I know that's, that, I, I know listeners, who the hell is TK? If you've ever done stand-up in Los Angeles, you know who TK is. I, <laughs> All right? And he, I'm sorry, that, you know. I like TK. I, I love was, TK. I, was gonna say, I love TK. I was going to say he looks like Dave Reaver, which I'm going to leave for you to go Google later. Okay, I have no idea who that is. I don't have to Google it. All right? That's just wrong. But they're not, they're not winning any football games. There's no way. Although, the, you know what? They'll surprise you. They'll win a few. The Oakland Raiders have the ability to win against teams they have no chance against. And like the ones you figure, oh, yeah, they got Oakland. Oakland will blow it. Now, are they going to make the playoffs? No way. No. I just, no way. I just watch them, and I'm like, these are not football players. These are what you, you you said something earlier. You said, is John Gruden, uh, did they hire an actor to play John Gruden? Yeah. <laughs> They might have, man. I don't know. It's hijinks on this show. Yeah, and they're just self-destructing, and it's just so fun to watch. Yeah. And and God bless them. I'm sure they're nice guys. Anyway, we talked about doing an awards show. We did. Go on. Well, we're going to do it. Now, we have our categories picked, and we have a title now. Mm-hmm. The Bingies and Purgies. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because like, what's the dumbest thing we can, can come up with? Like, the Bingies and Purgies. So that would be the Bingie goes to, the Purgie goes to. So that that's where we came up right. with. All right. Now, we want 
our listeners to contact us in any way they can, Carrier Pigeon, Smoke Signal, Twitter, email, just tell us what you think about we're going to we're going to post these categories on Facebook and Twitter. And here they are for our listeners so you can get a heads up. Now we're going to we're going to announce the winners uh, the week before the Emmys at the end of September. So you got some time to think about these and get us your uh, your votes. But here are our categories. Now we should clarify too. You and I can pick different winners for each of these categories. Correct. So there's no uh, there's no voting body. There's a you know audience input is important, and we'll read some of it during the uh, awards. But uh, audience input is going to play into it. I'm I'm now that we're discussing this, I think we should have an audience award. There should be one that would say like where our audience went with it. Let's do it. Okay, so that would be you have a, a binge, you have a purge, I have a binge, I have a purge for each category, and then we'll say where the audience uh, what what they voted on. All right. So, so it's not necessarily what they see will influence our choices. We'll just say what the audience in general came up with. Yes. Okay. All right. So what are the categories? The categories are biggest binge, biggest purge, hidden gem, overrated, best performer, worst performer. Now we're not getting into like, you know, male or female category. We're like, we're just like performer, best, worst overall. So uh, we'll do that in the last, the second to last show of September. Somewhere around there. I'll figure yeah. out the dates. The Emmys are on Sunday, September 22nd. Those are the categories. I'll go for them one more time. Biggest binge, biggest purge, hidden gem, overrated, best performer, worst performer. Yeah. And we'll try and get, uh, we'll try and get someone to call in maybe a special guest. Yeah. And maybe, announce. maybe we'll have, uh, our little friend up in the heavens give her uh, opinion as well. Right, oh. Jess? Sure. It's what I live for. Okay, get a hold of us at binge or purge podcast on Instagram, at binge or purge on Twitter, binge or purge podcast at gmail.com. That's, those are the easiest ways. Yep. Uh, we're available now on, I think, every single place you can get a podcast. So Google Play iTunes, uh, some, some other stuff. There's a Spotify. bunch. Spotify. Spotify, yeah, that's a big one too. So just, you know, obviously you know this if you're listening right now, but please uh, tell a friend because we would like this to uh, continue to grow. And thank you for everyone who contacts us and listens uh, already. Yes, thank you so much. Shout out to Jess the Facts. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at the Jessica Greer. And that's it, Joe. We're done for the week. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. All right. For Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. See you next time. Tomorrow.